0: You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Mm, yeah. Let's talk about Pim. Oh, yeah. yeah. let's talk about Pim. Let's talk about Pim. Welcome to Pim Talk the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Huabari. I'm the creative director at Inriver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalkinriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. In this episode, we're going to focus on how to create a great customer experience. And to my help, we have an expert on the topic, Carlos Hidalgo. And in the end of the podcast, you will also have the opportunity to win one of his books. We're also going to talk about the upcoming events and trainings. So stay tuned. But first, let's talk to Carlos. I'm joined today by Carlos Hidalgo, the CEO
1: of Vision CX. Uh, Welcome to PIM Talk. Thank you, Thomas. It's a pleasure to be here and thanks for having me. Yeah, great. So could you tell me a little
0: bit about your story, what your background is?
1: Yeah, my background is really interesting, at least from my perspective. (laughs) Um, I've been in this space for about 25 years and when I say this space, really in the B2B marketing space. it's, it's hard to believe it's been 25 years. Uh, made two brief stops in nonprofit. And actually, my first job out of university uh, was a nonprofit. And okay. unbeknownst to me at the time, that was my really good training ground for how to tell a story, um, how to develop content, because I was put into the office of uh, – my job was in the Office of Donor Development. And so clearly when you're trying to get donors and trying to tell uh, stories to elicit more donations uh, from your donor base, you have to have really good content. And this was long before tools or anything. Um, From there, I went to a small agency and then left that agency to go to another smaller agency. And that's where I really started to cut my teeth around customer experience and demand generation. And then spent three years at McAfee, which is now part of Intel, and went from McAfee to BMC Software, spent three years there, and then left to start my own agency, uh, a demand generation firm called Annuitous. I led that agency for 12 years, grew that agency, and then just departed that agency in February of 2017. To start Vism CX, so okay. um, have kind of graduated through, learned a lot, still learning a lot, and have had the opportunity to uh, work with some amazing people and some amazing organizations. And otherwise, uh, your personal situation? Uh, live in? Name? Do you have family? Yeah, I do. They uh, they still claim me. Um, <laughs> I have the uh, I, I have the. Very, very fortunate experience to live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. So I sit, my my house sits not far from the Front Range Mountains uh, of the Rockies, so I get to see that on a daily basis. Uh, Married for almost 25 years. Uh, It'll be 25 years in September and uh, have four children ranging from 16 years old to 23 years old.
0: Okay, so you're a bit ahead of me. I've been married for around 20 years and have three children. So Okay, good for you.
1: <laughs> good for you. Congrats.
0: So customer experience, I think that's the theme that we're going to stick to uh, mm-hmm. in this talk. And I mean, you hear a lot about it. And also, we as a company talk a lot about it when we talk about benefits of, of PIM, product information management. But what would you say, what is customer experience?
1: I think customer experience from a vendor perspective is really understanding how you're delivering your brand promise across every customer interaction through the full customer journey or the customer arc. So that starts with audience and brand engagement all the way through to how do we create customer advocates. And when we think about every interaction, we have to think about both live, digital, um, whether it's on the phone, whether it's on my website. So it really touches every part of the organization. And so we have to really think about this idea of experience in that we're selling to human beings. And whether it's, even if it's in a B2B scenario, we are selling to people who feel, who emote, uh, who have good days, who have bad days, and they have expectations of us as a vendor. And we have to really understand that each and every interaction can either be a positive in how we're reinforcing that brand experience, or can be perceived as a negative uh, for our customers.
0: Yeah. You want to meet or even exceed the expectations of the customer in all touch points and in all channels that you interact with the customer.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think first and foremost, knowing how to do that is knowing your customer. Okay. And understanding what is their expectation and as it aligns to your brand promise. And I talk to organizations all the time when I say to them, Well, who is your customer? They can kind of loosely define that. And they say, Oh, well, we have personas. And then I say, Well, what does your customer expect from you in terms of your brand engagement? And that's where they start to fall apart is they've never really understood what those expectations are of their customers. So they may be going down track A where their customers are on track B. And so they're missing that opportunity to really deliver the experience, which from my perspective and a lot of the research in the market is going to be the competitive differentiator in the next 18 months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So before you make sure that you can push out your content to all channels and before you, you know, work with the content creation, you really need to understand your customers first in the first place. That's where you want, need to start.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's more than just understanding the customer journey mapping is, is important. I think it's more than just understanding their persona. It's, under, again, it's understanding what do we want them to feel when they engage with our brand, what do we want them to feel or what, what experience do we want to create when they engage with our product or service? What do they want them to feel or experience when they're on our website? Uh, I was literally just before you and I were talking, I was just on the phone with a client and we were talking about that very same thing. Of what is the experience when a customer calls into your support line? Most times when you call in the support, you don't have a happy person on the, on the line. They're calling because there's a problem. We can take that frustrating moment for a customer and turn it into a really, really good experience.
0: Yeah. What would you say an example of a great customer experience is what, what could it look like?
1: You know, I am. Uh, I talk about all the time that I'm an. I'm a brand advocate for very, very few brands um, because I think even as consumers, that idea of brand loyalty isn't there. But one of the one of the brands that I am the biggest advocate for is Apple. Yeah, me and too. it's easy. Yeah, it's easy to say when they have a, a trillion dollar market cap. But um, just yesterday, so my daughter is going back to school to her second year at university. And, um, as, as many have been known to do, we've delayed and trying to get some things done. So yesterday we were looking online, she needed a new laptop. We identified the laptop and we went down to the store about three miles from our house to, to pick it up. Um, the online experience that we had was so integrated with the in-store experience where, um, we were able to walk in, be greeted immediately, be asked what we we needed, be asked if we had ever been into the store before. The minute they took my name, my whole record and purchase history at that store came up, Um, was told that it'd be less than five minutes. And sure enough, within three minutes, an associate came up, asked us about our purchase. We engaged. Turns out we couldn't get the exact laptop we wanted at the store. So the individual then took the time to say, hey, you know, there's a college tab, go here, walked us through the process. We came home, ordered the laptop. It's now being shipped to where she's going to be on Thursday. And so that whole process was first started digitally. We walked out with a, you know, walked in with a spec sheet, and then we went to that in person, and it was seamless, it was crisp, it was clean. Um, And then when you just walk in the store, it just screams innovation on top of it, which reinforces the brand so that to me is a great customer experience
0: yeah and i think um, it's quite rare to to see that now i mean some companies they understand it i think i have a great experience when i go and buy my coffee pots at nespresso they greet you at the door they know your buyer history and then afterwards you can have a free cup of espresso or cappuccino at the the bar disc so um yeah but it's quite rare today at least in Sweden?
1: You know it, it is rare and uh, Accenture put out a report um, not long ago that said only 25 percent of organizations are successful or succeeding really because customer experience is never reset it and forget it it's dynamic but only 25 percent are succeeding with customer experience mm. and I think part of it is we have as organizations, we look at the customer experience from our departments. So we start with our brand or our audience engagement, and then we go from a product marketing perspective. And then once somebody starts buying, it's either campaign managers or demand generation function. Then it's sales, then it's professional services and customer support. And I think that's why you're seeing either CMOs that are being asked to Uh, oversee customer experience, or the creation of a chief customer officer. The key there is giving them the authority to actually drive that across all these different departments that touch the customer across that arc. If you're not doing that, this is why it's failing. Because I, I talk to CMOs who say, look, I'm responsible now for customer experience, but I'm really not allowed to touch this area or this area or this area. So they can only do so much and so from a customer perspective, it's this experience was good, but the others really were lacking. So yeah. it is hard to do and it, it's it's not uh, done often. I think consumer brands have got more of a view to it than B2B brands.
0: Yeah. And I think you answered my, my next question there a little bit where you start in an organization. I, I guess that depends maybe on whose table it is you mentioned the cmo for instance and it can end up in some other part of our organization that identifies this first but it really has to be something that you do all over uh, the people that are involved in the different customer touch points from support to sales from to marketing
1: Absolutely. And I, I'm a big believer that customer experience actually starts with your employees. Yeah. And so we talked earlier about that brand promise being experienced through the full customer arc. Well, if your employees don't know your brand experience or your brand promise, it's impossible that they're going to translate that through their actions or their work product. I talked to, uh, not long ago, I talked to a vice president of marketing where I asked the question, Amy, what is your company's brand promise? And she said, we have five top-level executives. If you ask them that question, you'd get five different answers. Yeah. So she doesn't even know as the VP what the company stands for. How can she articulate that in any kind of content that she's going to develop or any kind of uh, event that they're going to put on and meet their customers face-to-face? She can't.
0: No. We are talking a lot with our customers about Product experience management and providing the tools in order for them to create all of this content that you need to have there in, in order to make the, the customer be able to do their purchase decisions so they have all the specifications they need, they have all the imagery, they have all the information that you can get. In a shop, when you get a really good salesperson that can explain everything around the product, how it can be used, if there is any additional products that you should buy and all of this. And, and also, I mean, um, you need to present the products in a desirable way. So it's a, it's a big challenge also we see from the customers to create that experience in the digital world.
1: Uh, I'm sure it is very difficult. And I think especially on on a digital platform or across a digital medium. And the thing we have to understand is that customers' expectation is potentially always changing because they're getting more demanding. They have more access to information than they've ever had before. Um, They have competitors that are trying to engage with them. And so really, this is why I say, I believe in the next 12 to 18 months, that experience is going to be the competitive differentiator, because if I feel that the service is more personalized, more individualized, that I'm being better taken care of, I'm okay with paying a higher price. Um, but again, I have to make sure that as a vendor that's across that full arc and not just parts and pieces of it, because a disjointed experience can lead to me wanting to go and and, and look at other competitors or other solution providers. Yeah. So you mentioned
0: that you need to involve a, a lot of different roles within the company, but how do you really make a business case for this internally? How do you get the money to uh, to actually go through with such a project?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think first and foremost, uh, there have been studies that have been done both on transactional, uh, just kind of point in time uh, purchases and also subscription businesses that show <clears throat> a real increase in revenue in terms of uh, companies who've implemented customer experience and it's substantial. So I think, you know, using some of those industry benchmarks and industry resources are really important to to make your business case. I I think secondly, is start to take a look at your uh, customer retention and not just your customer retention in in isolation, but your customer retention uh, numbers, but then also look at customer retention that also includes a cross sell and upsell component. I submit that most customers are not going to continue to buy from you additional product or service if they're really not happy with what you've provided in the past. And I see this all the time where, hey, it's now renewal time. Let's try to get a larger share of wallet without ever understanding, do they even appreciate what we've done? Uh, Are they satisfied with our service, and are we providing a great experience? Mm -hmm. So I think measuring it from a revenue perspective and looking at your current customer base and then saying, all right, if we drive greater experience and you can start to pull this information from your customers, what is missing in the customer experience? If we drove customer experience and delivered that in an excellent way, how would our retention rates increase? How would our cross-sell and upsell increase? Now I can start to make a business case that says if we just would be willing to spend X, we would return Y, and here's our ROI on customer experience.
0: Yeah. You mentioned that there were some works done or that you could benchmark with some other companies that already have done that. Do you have any resources that you can recommend people looking into or
1: articles? <laughs> Um, I know Walker has done some research. Accenture has done some research. The one that I mentioned about the transactional subscription business, uh, I'll, be, I'll be real honest. I don't have off the top of my head, but okay. I promise I will send you the link okay. yeah. uh, that you can, that you guys can push out there. But it was a fascinating study. Yeah. Um, and again, I think that, that's the big question, right? Is So how do I prove to my organization that I have to do customer experience? Because I got to get a business case to get the budget to start to implement this process.
0: Yeah, we can add it to the show notes or or maybe we we include it in the blog post. So um, yeah, keep great. posted and we will include that as well. You're listening to PIM Talk, the product marketing podcast. And after this short break, we're going to continue talking to Carlos Hidalgo about how you can implement a great customer experience strategy within your company.
1: PIM stands for product information management and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com.
0: So could you tell us a little bit more about how you deliver customer experiences? How do you implement it in your organization?
1: Yeah, I think clearly the larger the organization, the more difficult it is because it just of the complexity and the expanse of it. And you have different business units and product lines and things, things of that uh, nature. But I really talk about enabling, equipping, and empowering employees to deliver customer experience. So the real question is, what does that mean? From an enablement perspective, uh, it goes back to what we've been talking about, that brand promise, that that brand value, and making sure that as employees, we not only know it, but it is just part of our uh, DNA as a, a part of the organization. And I go back to Apple. Uh, Tim Cook, the CEO, was one time asked, what limits does Apple have? And He responded and said there's that word limits he said we don't have that we don't allow that in our organization and so that goes right in line with their brand DNA of innovation and so every and I don't know if you've had the opportunity to to really talk to different Apple employees but whether they're in Cupertino California or in the store here in Colorado Springs they all understand that that innovation is part and parcel and, and clean and crisp and, and you know, uh, very user-friendly type of products and stores. Um, so they get that. So that's the enablement piece. The equipping then is, are we giving them the right tools and the right insights to data to truly deliver that customer experience? So if you think about a contact center, uh, what is the frustration level of a customer or a potential customer when I have to call in and repeat the same information multiple times, whether it's to a machine or whether it's to a human being, because there's no full view of my record. So if we're going to enable the experience with our employees, we have to equip them with the right information uh, to to deliver that. And then empowering, which is trusting our training Uh, We've trained them on the brand promise. We've trained them on the brand experience. So let's trust that each and every employee is going to act in the best interests of our customers rather than micromanaging every decision they may need to make on the fly. Uh, I spoke with one customer uh, recently who was talking about another vendor that they had used in the past and said every time we wanted to make a change or we needed something additional. Our account manager's response was, I'll get back to you in 48 hours. I have to check with my boss. Okay. She said, she said, eventually we just, we we couldn't move that slowly. And she said, you know, we were spending millions and millions of dollars with this vendor yet to get a, to just ask for a $1,000 change took 48 hours, we just couldn't do that. So that's what I'm talking about, empowerment. And so that for me, and for what we do at Visum CX, it's how we work with our customers, and that's how we start down the road of of customer experience. And then there's the measurement piece and making sure we're actually delivering uh, on what we say we're gonna deliver.
0: Okay, so what I'm also interested in when you talk to customers that want to improve how they work with customer experiences, Mm -hmm. Do they know what PIM is, the product information management, or, or that space? Is it's that it's that um, common knowledge, or? Uh...
1: Yeah, I do, I don't know that PIM is uh, is rolling off the tongues of the people or the the roles that we are working with. Traditionally, we're brought in by a chief customer officer, or a chief marketing officer, and so the idea of product information management is not something that is. Uh, is is widely known in these organizations
0: yeah because we see a transition from it being something that concerned the it department that they they need to have all product information in place and see that everything is gathered in one place to being something that is transitioned to the marketing department that they own it and since um, we also now have transitioned as a cloud service. It gets more and more accessible. You don't need to think about your IT infrastructure that you need someone that maintains it internally and so on. So it gets more of a, a business decision and a, it's gone the same way as with CRM uh, mm-hmm. in a sense. So, um yeah, but it's also our view that in the U.S. it's quite, you know, um, not that known. But uh, here in the Nordics and in the in Germany and some other countries, it's uh, quite established, uh, especially for
1: customers that working in the e-commerce space. Sure, and I think that makes sense. And it's always interesting for me when when, when I work internationally with some of our clients where. Um, from a U.S. perspective, we talk about all this innovation and things, and then you, you have a conversation like this. And in Europe, you know, you just mentioned in the Nordics and in Germany, PIM is is widely known, widely accepted. And here it's kind of get the head tilt and the, you know, glass-eyed view. So what exactly does that mean and why should we care? So there are many, many instances where I see where North America is kind of trailing or lagging behind some of the innovation that we're seeing over in Europe.
0: Yeah, because that's a lot of what we have to do in North America is to educate the customers why this is beneficial for them and and to be able also to create this customer experience in the digital world. I know that you're also, you have written a few books, uh, most lately driving demand. Could you tell me a little bit about that as well?
1: yeah so um, I, I've written a lot I've only published one and okay. I'm work, working on my second, uh, which hopefully will be out in Q1 of 2019 All right. uh, but driving demand was really written um, from a, a prospect of or a, a perspective. I wanted it to be a guidebook. I wanted it to be a guidebook for CMOs and marketing executives, and quite frankly, even marketing managers who are saying hey we we have served this very modern, informed and connected buyer. How do we generate demand in this current landscape? And, and I go, as I mentioned, I go back 25 years where we had no tools. We had no, I mean, even email was relatively new at that point. And so I wanted it to be something where somebody could pick it up, read it, take some notes on it and walk away and saying, I've got a pretty clear view of, what I need to do in my organization to conduct buyer centric demand generation.
0: All right. And uh, you're mentioning that you're working on a new book. Maybe you can give some, you know, a, a sneak peek or yeah. some inside information.
1: Well, I said, hopefully, remember, I said hopefully released in, in March um, yeah. of, uh, of next year. So I'm hoping that I, Uh, this one is really more personal for me. Uh, this is really my, my, what I have lived through, um, and the story that I continue to experience of being an entrepreneur, um, and also a business leader. And I see pervasively across, especially in North America, but I also see it in Europe. I also see it in, uh, with some of my colleagues in Asia and Australia and New Zealand, where this idea of being a business leader and achieving and this idea of uh, success means that we have to give heart, body, mind, soul, blood, sweat, and tears, um, all in the name of success. And so what I'm trying to do in the book is reframe the question or reframe the answer to the question, what is success? And what was interesting to me when I left my uh, first agency that I co-founded to start Vis CX was the number of calls I got from colleagues who are in a very similar situation in terms of agency owners or business leaders and saying, what did you do and how did you do this? Because I'm miserable. Um, I'm losing my family. Um, I'm never home. When I am home, I'm working all the time. My vacations aren't vacations. And I lived that. And so it's really, it's a personal book for me. Um, I I won't call it a memoir because it's not, but it's more of a challenge for those who want to step off the treadmill, give themselves permission to work differently, but still have success in business and more importantly, in their relationships.
0: All right. Sounds really interesting. You, I'll, say, I'll send you a copy when yeah, I'm, uh, when I'm do, done with do. it. You also mentioned the international aspect of it. Are you a traveler? Have you
1: been? Yeah, I've had, a, I've had a tremendous opportunity over my years, even, even dating back to my time at BMC, to do a lot of work across Europe. Um, I do work with um, Australian and New Zealand-based companies. We actually have offices in Sydney, Australia, uh, which we just opened this year. And then uh, this coming, uh, this coming, well, next month, September, I'll be in uh, Singapore for the B two B Marketing Leaders Forum in Asia. Okay. And so I do have the opportunity to to travel. Um, I don't do it quite as often as I used to, which is by design. But um, I, I do have the opportunity to uh, engage internationally. And I think you know the the difference is really the audience that we're serving is based on what are the cultural influences in country and in region that may be impacting our buyers. But I think the principles from a vendor perspective are very much the same.
0: And also I've heard that you have been to Africa.
1: Yes, uh, I have. Um, We do work, so as Vism CX, we do uh, work in uh, the country of Uganda. Okay. An organization called Beauty for Ashes Uganda. Uh, my wife is actually the one who uh, drew my attention to it, and so I have latched on to her passion. But my wife goes over uh, three times a year, and the organization is built around the education and long-term sustainability of uh, moms, single mothers, and widows in the Teso region of Uganda. And so as an organization, ViSMCX is very involved, and we give five percent of all of our net profits. To the work that's going on there, that impacts about seven thousand people right now.
0: Okay, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it really is. It's why we do what we do.
0: Mm. And that's also a part of the life puzzle, I guess. That uh, I mean, that that really makes you appreciate what you are doing and and what you can accomplish by being successful. That you also can share with others.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's it's part of our core value of transformation. And when we see the transformative work that, quite frankly, our clients are a part of in Uganda, uh, it really does, being a purpose-driven business is really something that on those days where you just don't want to sit down and get some work done, it really motivates you to say, this is why we're doing what we do. We do our work so we can support transformation in Uganda.
0: Okay, great. Since I'm into computer games At least I was in in the old days. Uh, I've heard that you have some skills in Mrs. Pacman. You have to tell me about that.
1: Well, it's, it's interesting. We are actually friends with one of the uh, creators of Ms. Pac-Man, uh, actually very close personal friends. So, um, so I do have an affinity for Ms. Pac-Man. And then uh, Erica, who's part of your organization, we were at an event where there were two machines side by side, so we were doing a challenge. Um, the way Erica would tell the story is that I was losing – and so um, had decided to unplug the machines. My recollection was that uh, it was close. We hadn't finished yet, so the winner would not be determined. And the machines inexplicably shut off. So right. I'll, let you, I'll let you decide what story is true. Okay, but then she's quite good as well then. She is. She's quite skilled at uh, at, at, uh, at Ms. Pac-Man and, and other video games. I was, I was actually pretty impressed.
0: Okay. So uh, I'll make sure that we can have a, a face-off here at the office as well. Uh, when she's <laughs> here in office. That, that sounds
1: great. That sounds great.
0: All right. But thank you for being on the show. It was great uh, talking to you and also learn more about customer experience and how you can implement that in your organization.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I always enjoy uh, getting the opportunity to talk about this and uh, really uh, look forward to doing more with you guys in the future.
0: Yeah, thanks. And I promised you that you would get an opportunity to win Carlos' book, Driving Demand. And what do you need to do? Well, it's quite easy. One option is that you tweet to our handle, a PIM Talk podcast at Twitter with the hashtag driving demand and we're gonna have five winners the five first people that are doing that are gonna get the book but there is also another way uh, if you submit questions to the show or maybe suggestions around topics or guests you can also win the book so we will select five winners from that group as well but uh, don't forget to mention that you are interested in having the book driving demand. There are upcoming trainings on its way. So uh, in September, the 4th to 6th September, we have trainings in uh, in Malmö for the partners, uh, business consultants and developers. Uh, The training in Amsterdam is 11th to 13th of September and the 18th to 20th September we have in Chicago. So these are the the next trainings uh, also for customers we have a training coming up and the first one will be in Chicago the 2nd and 3rd October and then the 11th October in Malmö, Sweden and go to our website inriver.com to um, sign up for those. Uh, We also have some events coming and uh, we have something in Belgium called More Than Digital Day where we will participate But the very same day, the 4th of October, we have a really big event. It's Pinpoint Americas. The first time we do it in North America, in Chicago, October 4th, don't miss it. We have a great lineup of speakers. We have Bruce Eppinger from Forrester. We have several of our customers and partners that are sharing their experiences within digital transformation, proving the value of PIM, uh, syndication, and other topics and of course you're going to meet our ceo our cto that talks about the vision and the roadmap and all of that and we're going to have also a and we're going to have a great opportunity to network and connect to other people that are interested in PIM, so we can share experiences and we can grow together so welcome to pinpoint america you can read more about it at pinpointsummit.com Thank you for listening. For feedback, tips, and questions, you can email us at pimtalkinriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at Twitter. Uh, please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And um, if you would like to see some behind the scenes material, bloopers, and live streams, you can follow pimtalk on Instagram. And see you again in two weeks. Bye. <music> Let's talk about him. Oh yeah. yeah Let's talk about him.
1: Mm, Let's, Let's talk, talk about him.